few of you here, but um, everybody's bringing in their food. But we're going to get started because of Eastside Academy, and I want to get through what we're going to do today. Someone texted me recently or asked me or sent me an email or asked me a person. I can't, I'm at that age where I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, so they asked me, well, where in this church can you do centering prayer? I sent them to Mona or somewhere, and I thought, well, wait a minute, we can do centering prayer. I've done centering prayer for a long time, and, and then, Sunday, before the traditional service, we did a centering prayer. So, I went and I got that centering prayer, and I changed some of the wording. So, what I'd like you to do is kind of center yourself, get, get yourself all ready to, to listen and to pray, and we're going to say this together. God of heaven and earth, your presence is eternal. You come as a mighty wind. Fill this room so that we may worship and bear witness to your name. You come as a still, small voice, revealing yourself to us through your holy scriptures. Speak to us, Lord, and awaken our hearts with a newness of hope and joy. Be our center and transform our minds by your eternal word. Hallelujah. I just said that. Let's say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so Jonah, I've titled this New Escape. Last week, Christina taught us in Obadiah that our sovereign God will choose whom he will choose and say how he will save, and we can also say and use whoever he wants to, whether they're in or out of fellowship with him. Even when you run away, God can use you, and that's kind of our theme today. Even though it might make you mad how God decides to choose and who he wants to choose and how he's going to use you, and all of this is illustrated in the book of Jonah. So, if, uh, as I said, I wanted to uh, title this No Escape. So, if Jonah were a movie, this would be the subtitle, the elevator pitch. This movie's about no escape. In this four-chapter book of 44 verses, it's about the pursuing, intimate, face-to-face -face love of Yahweh. Everything in this story is overthrown, or thrown over, turned over, overturned. You can hear me say that over and over and over again. The person we should trust in this book is hateful and vindictive. And the people we should hate are responsive, honorable, and loved by Yahweh. My screenwriting instructors at the University of Washington taught me that blockbuster movies were written for 13-year-old boys. The book of Jonah was written for 13-year-old boys. We have Running Away to Sea. We have Violent Storms. We have Frantic Sailors. We have Giant Fish Swallowing. We have Guts and Seaweed and Vomit. <laughs> we have an entire city running around in sackcloth and ashes, and their animals in sackcloth and ashes. This is an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> it's God's humor, 
satire, irony, and hyperbole. But the heart of Jonah is a riddle. And this riddle stumped me. And I had lots of weeks to think about this riddle between last November and today. But I think that God gave me the answer, which I'm going to share with you. But prejudice and hatred drive this comic satire. God's relationship with his people is at the heart of this, and it's a comedy. So, first of all, we have to ask ourselves, why did Jonah hate the Ninevites? When about 30 years ago, my mother was living on Orcas Island, and I went up to visit her, and she would take a group on a walk every week. They were called the walkie-talkies, and the people who lived on the island would come. And so when I was visiting her, the walkie-talkies were having a walk, and there was a Japanese couple there. And my mother would look around them, look through them, never spoke to them, never introduced me to them. I don't even think she knew their names. So I went up and I introduced myself. But I thought, to, first, before I tell you the, the joke of this story, the irony of this story, um, why did my mother hate the Japanese? Well, when she was a young married woman, she had a one-year-old daughter, and she and my dad and my big sister left Pittsburgh, all their home, their home, their family, their friends, their church and everything, and came to Seattle because he got a job, and it was so exciting that he got a job. And so here she is in Seattle all by herself, and the Japanese burned, bombed Pearl Harbor. And the next place they were going to bomb was Seattle. And so the first thing my father did was join the Coast Guard. So there was my mother. And, of course, everybody had this hatred of the Japanese. She never got over it. But 50 years later, on Orcas Island, I'm talking to this couple, and this man, who's also the same age as my mother, had two giant hearing aids. And I said, sir, how did you get those hearing aids? How, what happened to your ears? He said, I was a gunner in Italy during World War II. And so if my mother had talked to these people and met them, the irony is she would have seen that these were people she could have loved and admired. And that's what we have here today, the Ninevites. Okay, scene one in our movie, In the Land, the Lord, and Jonah. The word of the Lord, now every time Lord is capitalized, it's Yahweh. Yahweh is the intimate, loving, face-to-face -face God. He came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from Yahweh and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for the port after paying the fare. And I love the fact that our storyteller says he paid to go here on this journey. That was a little bit of Jewish humor there. He went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Okay, he ran away and to flee from the Lord. To run away or to flee from Yahweh implies running away from relationship. Make a new life outside of this relationship. 
Jonah tries to turn over his relationship with Yahweh. But he should have known from Psalm 139, which David wrote many, many years before. Verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the um, heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. I, if I rise on the wings of dawn and settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Does this sound like a description of what's going to happen to Jonah? It certainly is, because he's going to go to the depths. He's going to flee to the far ends of the sea. But he cannot get away. Now, in our movie, we cut to Nineveh. What's going on in Nineveh? Why do we hate Nineveh? And Nahum 3 describes it. This is in the message, and it's not G-rated. So let's look at it. Doom to murder city, full of lies, bursting with loot, addicted to violence, horns blaring, wheels clattering, horses rearing, chariots lurching, horsemen galloping. Can you see this movie? Okay, brandishing swords and spears, dead bodies rotting in the street, corpses stacked like cordwood, bodies in every gutter and alley clogging every intersection, and whores, whores without end, poor city. I pelt you with dog dung and place you on a pedestal, slut on exhibit. Everyone who sees you will gag and say, Nineveh's a pigsty. What on earth did we ever see in her? End of jump cut to Nineveh. Back to Jonah. Then Yahweh sent a great wind on the sea. This violent storm rose and the ship threatened to break up and all the sailors were each afraid and cried out to his God. And they threw cargo into the sea, everything, all their money. They didn't care. Nothing mattered. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Now, I was in a violent storm on a cruise ship once. We were in the Caribbean. It was our 25th wedding anniversary. And a storm came up and went in, up the east coast and closed nine major airports. And this was a modern cruise ship. It had stabilizers. It didn't matter a bit. We were going like this. You couldn't walk anywhere, but I slept like a baby. I loved it. It was like I was in my mother's womb. So just like Jonah, I went to sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Notice that the captain didn't say to him, get up and work. No, get up and pray. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let's cast lots, okay, wind, waves, let's find out who's responsible for this. And they cast lots and it fell to Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who's responsible for making this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What's your country? What kind of people are you? And he answered, I'm a Hebrew and I worship Yahweh, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land and they're thinking, if you worship the God who made the sea, please tell him to stop. <sighs> what have you done? They knew he was running away from Yahweh because he had already told them so. 
The sea was getting rougher now in our movie. It ups, it ups the tempo. That you can hear the music. This <laughs> is going on. What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up, he says, and throw me into the sea, he replied. It will become calm. I know that it's my fault this great storm has come upon you. Oh, no, they said, we can't do that. We can't be responsible for your death. And he says, no, do it, do it. And so what do they do? They cry to Yahweh. God used Jonah, even though he didn't want to be used. They cry to Yahweh. Please, Yahweh, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Yahweh, have done as you pleased. The storyteller presents these no-name sailors, men now of faith and character in every way. And they put Jonah to shame in contrast. And so they up and they throw Jonah overboard. And the rage sea, calm. Oh, at this the men greatly feared the Lord before they had feared the storm. Now they fear Yahweh in a way that makes them want to worship. And they offer a sacrifice to Yahweh and make vows to him. The story could have ended here. It would be a great story. Even when you're running away from God, he can use you. And of course, there's consequences because you might get drowned. And that would have made a great story, but it doesn't end there. Now, Yahweh provided a huge fish. Cue the music. Bum, 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 bum. A huge fish is coming. Jonah's like, ah, it's going down. And bum, 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 Swallows him up in the belly. Okay. Uh, the scene here, now, scene three, begins with what the Lord is doing, providing a fish. From, <laughs> From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, Yahweh. He said, he said, in my distress, I called to Yahweh, and he answered me from the deep in the realms of the dead. I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths in the very heart of the sea, and the currents swirled about me, all the waves and breakers swept over me, and I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I look towards your holy temple. This is a riff on Psalm 30. In Psalm 30, David is in a terrible situation, and he, in the pits of despair, he prays to Yahweh. So, this is the type of prayer that we are to pray when we feel like God has thrown us overboard and something has swallowed us up. We are in a pit of despair. This is the song that we should sing. It's a song for those about to go under. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed wrapped around my head. This is still in the movie, right? Seaweed, fish guts. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down and the, to the earth beneath, barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought me life up from the pit. So be, to be barred and in the pit is that place where all of us eventually land. At some time in our life, we feel like God is barred from us. We are in the pit, and this 
is the kind of song we should sing to the Lord then. So, but God is going to turn it over. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Yahweh, and my prayer rose to you, your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God, God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord, Yahweh delivers. Salvation comes from the Lord, Yahweh delivers. His two words in the Hebrew, Yeshuada the Yahweh. Now, think about the word Yeshua. Where have we heard that word? Last year when we studied Matthew. When the angel of the Lord came to Joseph, he said, You shall call his name Yeshua. Yeshua la Yahweh. Jesus is Yahweh, the face-to-face -face Lord. This riddle is hidden right in the middle of this little four-chapter book. That's why Jonah is important. God's love, his hesed, mercy, compassion, love is what turns everything over. And the Lord, Yahweh, commanded the fish and <coughs> vomited Jonah onto the dry land. Now, I'm really going to stop here. It could have stopped here. Jonah covered in vomit and seaweed up onto the, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But it doesn't stop there, for we have seen four. Nineveh, the Lord, Jonah, and the Ninevites. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim the message I give you. Jonah obeyed this time the word of Yahweh and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh, as I mentioned before when I read that, it was a violent, large city. Apparently, this is sort of a little, um, what my family calls artistic verisimilitude here, uh, hyperbole, because they've excavated Nineveh, and it wouldn't have taken you three days to walk around. So God is exaggerating here, and it's okay for God to exaggerate. But he, so he went in to the city, and he proclaimed, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. This is five words in the Hebrew. This is his sermon. Nothing about God, nothing about what they have to do to be saved, nothing. He gives them the bare minimum. But this whole story is about what God does, no matter what Jonah does. The good guy is the bad guy, and the bad guys are going to be the good guys. The fish in the sea should have been death, but are turned to life, and the wicked city is going to repent and be saved from death. So everything is overthrown. The Ninevites, what they do? They believed God. A fast was proclaimed. Oh, we can't eat anything. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. Sackcloth is an itchy, awful material. Sometimes it had fleas running around inside of it. And Jonah, uh, when Jonah's warning reached the king, he rose from his throne, took off his robes, covered himself with this horrible sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. So now what have we got? This proclamation is what he became issued. 
By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God and let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent with compassion and turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. All right, picture this in the movie. Everybody's running around putting little sackcloth on their kitty cats, little sackcloth on their dogs. Oh, bring the cow over, let's put ashes everywhere. So the movie is now panning around the city. All these people panicking, running around. Taking, that's my sackcloth, that's my sackcloth, right? I don't want those ashes. Okay, so everybody is panicking. Nobody has anything going right. It's all sackcloth and ashes. So, there is no escape. When God saw what they did, though, and how they turned from their evil ways, oh, aren't these people wonderful? Look at them, all making fools of themselves, sackcloth and the animals, the kitty cats, the doggies, the cows. He relented and did not bring them the destruction that they had threatened. It was overturned. The key word in Jonah's five-word sermon, overturn. The story could have ended here, but does it? No. We have seen four outside Nineveh, the Lord and Jonah. But to Jonah, it seemed very wrong that he became angry and he prayed to Yahweh. Isn't this what I said, Yahweh, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sin and calamity. Now, Yahweh, take my life, for it's better for me to die than live. I would have said, okay, <laughs> not Yahweh. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down in a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter. Bang, 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 bang. Making this shelter, right? And sat in the shade and waited. Let's see what's going to happen. Maybe it'll be like Sodom and Gomorrah. Fire from heaven. Yeah. Does that happen? No, doesn't happen. Then Yahweh provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. Okay, so now what you gotta picture, you know those, those, those fast, uh, oh, what do you I can't think of the name. You know, they take pictures of a flower growing and then they speed it up, so you see the flower growing like that. Well, apparently in my movie, in God's movie, that's what happened overnight. This little plant grows up. Oh, Jonah makes up in the morning. Oh, this is great. I love, thank you. I like that. I like it a lot. But at dawn, the next day, God provided a worm. So first we had a fish, and now we have a worm. God is so funny. And shoot the plaque. This one worm. And when the sun rose, God provided a scorching wind. What next? It's so hot, it's so dry. I have to picture dust in his eyes and in his 
his face and with his mouth and he's so mad. And the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint and he wanted to die. Jonah said, it would be better for me to die than to live. God said, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Jonah said, it is. And I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. I had a discussion to uh, time to discuss this with my granddaughter, who's a nurse at the UW Medical Center. And she said, oh, Nana, I take care of so many Jonas. I said, she said, I said, what do you mean by that? She said, well, these people are in the pit of despair, but God has provided for them a place to go to heal. People who care for them, nurses and aides and doctors, these people care for them, but they just sit and gripe and complain. She, she had one pastor that she was taking care of, and he, in order to be comfortable and to heal, he had to take this medicine. He would not learn to take it. Yes. Finally, she coerced him into opening his mouth. She put the pills in, and he spit them back out of her face. She said, it's those kind of Jonas that make life interesting. <laughs> but the Lord, Yahweh, said, You've been concerned about this plant, though didn't, you didn't plant it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their left hand from their right? And so many animals. That's the end of our story. That's the end of our movie. We leave the theater scratching our head. What? What, Lord? What does all that mean? Wait a minute. Could this be a mirror? Could this, could this, and is there Ninevites that I hate that I need to rethink? <gasps> Am I a Ninevite to anybody? Ooh, we have to think about that one. Who do I despise without cause? <gasps> my liberal friends? No, my conservative friends? Who do I despise without knowing them? Who? This is the mirror of Jonah. But inside Jonah is that riddle I mentioned. What is the riddle? Why did Jesus refer to the book of Jonah? In Matthew 12, which we studied last year, Later, a few religion scholars and Pharisees got on Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want to see your credentials. Give us some hard evidence that God is with this. How about a miracle? He answered, a wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For Jonah, for as Jonah was three days and nights in the belly of the huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three nights in the heart of the earth. And when Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man, all the bells and whistles in your mind should go off. I have taught this over and over again. This is a, a reference to him from the book of Daniel, when the Son of Man will come in glory from heaven and judge the earth. Jesus is saying, I am that Son of Man, and I am going to judge. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. 
the people that you hate that turn to me will condemn you because you did not believe. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now something greater than Jonah is here. The heart of Jonah, Yeshua the Yahweh. The Lord delivers and Jesus is Yahweh. No escape. None of us can escape from Jesus. Eventually, everyone will come face to face with him. And the truth is that we are all Jonas, and only Yeshua will deliver us. I would like us to say this together, because I feel like this passage from Psalm 103 sums up everything that Yeshua has delivered us from and to in the book of Jonah. Say it with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, like Jonah, crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, his righteousness with their children's children. What a promise, what a blessing. Yeshua love Yahweh. Amen. Enjoy Eastside Academy today.